Hello, it's Sarah here, and welcome to the Rise Priestess podcast. This is a podcast for healers and leaders, the potent priestesses, witches, activists, and Aquarians of the world who are here to contribute to the liberation of people and the healing of our planet. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Coxon. I'm an archaeologist turned author, priestess, healer, inner alchemy witch, business strategist, and regenerative guide. I'm here to help you heal from stress and hustle, bring forth your most potent medicine into the world, and increase your capacity to receive everything you need to flourish and thrive. Because your expansion is a gift to the world. I'm so glad to welcome you here, and I'm excited to dive into today's episode. Welcome to part two of the two-part podcast series, How to Get Better at Receiving. And if you haven't yet listened to part one, definitely go back and check it out because it's going to provide you with some much-needed context for this episode. And in this episode, I'm continuing my riff on why you might find it difficult to receive that which you need and desire. And I'll also be exploring what needs to happen in order to change that. And like I said in the previous episode, a lot of what I'm sharing here is through the lens of working with the nervous system because receiving isn't about your mindset. You might think it is, people tell you to work on your mindset, but it's not. It's actually more than that. It's a way of being in the world and it's very much, our ability to receive is very much underpinned by our default nervous system states. I'm also going to be sharing in more detail about our retreat in July in Portugal. And in particular, I want to share with you this five-part alchemical process that will help you to come home to yourself and open up your receiving channels in all areas of your life. And this is the process that we're taking you guys through in the Inner Sovereignty Retreat in Portugal in July. So to recap, in the first episode, I shared that uh, most women who come to me have a very conflicted relationship to receiving. There is this conscious part of them that wants to receive, and then there is the more default patterned part of them that tends to deflect, tends to block because it feels, uh, feels uncomfortable to let it in and receiving feels really unfamiliar. And as I said, also in part one, I think of receiving as this four-part process. So to recap, this is knowing what you need or want. This is expressing what you need and want to others or to the universe. Um, This is allowing yourself to be presented to it. And then the fourth thing is feeling, feeling safe to have it and to hold it and keep on to it, right? And this is really important to understand this process because we need to understand where in the process we're getting blocked. Maybe it's one specific part or maybe it's actually all four parts. So let's talk about expressing our needs and desires and allowing ourselves to be presented with what we actually want and need. Um, I think a lot of us realize that we have to feel worthy to receive. It's kind of out there in the Instagram space and the popular psychology space. You have to feel worthy in order to receive. Uh, Yes. And that doesn't, that's not always helpful because like, well, why don't I feel worthy, right? And what many of us don't realize is that uh, unworthiness 
is the imprinting of shame. Shame is the imprint that says that we're not good enough. Shame is the imprint that says we aren't doing enough. Shame is the imprint that says that we don't have enough. That could be anything, right? I don't have enough clients. I don't have enough followers. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough friends. I don't, yeah. And also the narrative of patriarchal, colonial capitalism, I believe it drills this into us daily. Um, Because of our experiences as individuals and because of our collective conditioning as well, it is very hard to be a person unmarked by shame in our global society. So every single one of you listening to this has imprints of shame. Some of them maybe you've worked through and some of them are still maybe running the show. And I do, guess what? I do as well. So when it comes to receiving, unworthiness drives us and shame drives us to engage in behaviors that make us abandon who we are and block what we truly want. So let's give an example. Let's say that deep down you know that you're a gifted healer. When the doors are shut and nobody's watching, like you know you're shit hot at what you do. But somewhere in the past, you received the message that engaging in anything witchy was wrong or stupid. And you recognized yourself in that. Maybe it wasn't about you specifically, but maybe it was about people like you and you recognized yourself in that and you started believing that maybe you must be stupid or wrong and then you try to hide that part of who you are from others that's what shame does it stops us from expressing ourselves and it stops us from expressing who we really are but in order to receive you have to be able to express out loud to people what it is that you want I find many of my clients who start to work with me, initially they have a hard time selling their coaching or their healing services, or they're moving from the therapy model and wanting to do more coaching and and, uh, group programs and things, which means raising their prices and doing things a little bit differently to reflect their needs for spaciousness. And they have a hard time doing this because they're operating from deep shame wounds. When we explore it further, when we go deep and we do that deep somatic work, it's often experiences with um, caretakers, sometimes it's parents, but not always. And I'm so over the whole blaming parents thing. It's It's not about that. So sometimes it's caregivers, teachers, that comes up a lot in client work. Uh, friends that that initially caused the shame or it might be just something that they were exposed to sometimes it's even intergenerational right sometimes when I work with clients they will we will they will instantly recognize this isn't mine this has come through my mother line or my father line sometimes it's even from a past life when I work with clients It's really not uncommon for past life imprints to come up. Yep, (laughs) yeah, it all goes on in my client work. So shame is very much related to the social nervous system. If you're not sure what the social nervous system is, it's the newest branch of the nervous system, evolutionary speaking. 
And it's what has us seek safety by connecting with each other, banding together, finding belonging, you know, forming the community or the tribe, as it were. And if we feel shame, and if we have the imprints of shame, it's because this sense of belonging was compromised somewhere along the line. And this wounded was created um, by others disconnecting from you or the worry that you had that they would disconnect from you if you revealed who you really are or you asked for your needs or you know you asked for what you needed and this means that shame as an imprint which is created within the social nervous system by disconnection it can only be healed in connection real connection with others And this means that being in proximity to people who receive you in your messy vulnerability and your glorious power, that's what creates healing. This is why the work that I do with my private clients is so powerful, because they're being witnessed by me, another human being. This is why group work is so powerful, like our cover is like next level in terms of the support you get. And then this is also another reason why I decided, along with Lynette, to host an in-person retreat because after being part of a group and allowing yourself to slowly sink into belonging day after day, this is what paves the way for the deep release of shame. And that's what allows for the blueprint of worthiness to come online. And when the blueprint of worthiness comes online, it's so much easier to express what you want and what, des- and what you desire. And of course, the more that you express it, the more it's going to be offered to you. So I kind of think of being in community like this as an incredible shortcut. And a retreat is a carefully curated, crafted space to yeah, intimately facilitate this kind of deep healing work that you may not even realize. And it doesn't have to be this, um, you know, everyone's in tears all the time. It can actually be so joyful as well to heal in joy when we realize like, oh, I can be myself in front of other humans. Wow. And I know that with some of the retreats that I've been on and some of the retreats that I've also hosted, I've hosted quite a few retreats now, some of the women have become lifelong friends and that's really, really cool. It's because that bond is created, that that deep bond is created in those moments in retreat that can't always be created online unless it's a very carefully crafted container such as my coven or in day-to-day life. And this is why I am co-hosting this retreat with Lynette Witt of the Spiritual Femme. It's going to be happening in July in Portugal. And it's happening in a place called the Shanti Space, just outside of Sintra, which is like 40 minutes from Lisbon. Really easy Uber ride to get there. And although, you know, to be honest, neither she nor myself really know what magic will unfold during our time together on the retreat because every retreat is different we have co-created a five-part process that will be taking you guys through um, 
that we'll be taking you guys through so that you can powerfully start to reclaim your sovereignty and build your capacity to receive. And I'm going to share this process with you in a moment. But our intention is that although this work may feel very magical and indescribable, there's a lot of somatic work, a lot of group ritual and just being in nature, so it might feel very kind of intangible, it's going to translate into embodied real life and real world shifts, such as being able to receive more time, create more spaciousness, receive more clients, more clarity, um, and maybe also shifting how you feel in your relationship. Those kinds of things are possible when you do this kind of work in retreat. The work that we'll be facilitating in this retreat, just like the work that I facilitate with my clients, is not a, um, it's not a magic pill, right? But it is like magic. And like I said, we'll be facilitating somatic rituals and workshops and yoga classes, all very carefully designed to bring you home to your sovereign self. So I'd love to explain this alchemical process in a little bit more uh, detail, um, outlined as kind of daily themes. But these, this process is not just about the retreat. This is a general process, right? So but of course I'm gonna be sharing it in the context of the retreat because that's what makes most sense. So day one is about arriving. Day one is where you'll be invited to arrive and gently land. All parts of you will be welcomed into our shared space. Any of you that uh, have worked with me know what, know what I mean by this when I say all parts of you get welcomed into the space. Day two is release. Day two focuses on releasing old identities and patterns that are no longer serving you. Together in ritual and sacred prayer, we will be giving space to let go of what's stuck, what's stagnant, what's old, and make room for a reclamation of who you truly are and what you truly desire. This is going to be such a juicy day. Day three is reclaim. Day three focuses on reclaiming your vitality, your creativity, your femininity, your boundaries, and your sovereignty. We will create space for the blueprint of vitality, sovereignty, radical self-expression to start to come alive within you as you, helping you to step into a new empowered identity. So this is the embodiment piece. Day four is about receiving, receive. Day four focuses on somatically expanding your capacity to honor your needs and abundantly receive that which enables you to live your truest potential in any given moment without burning out or dimming your light. Overflow is your birthright. So there'll be a lot of nervous system work, somatic work on day four. Day five is rejoice. Day five focuses on plugging back into the great cosmic web, honoring our mother Gaia, and celebrating the ecstasy of life through play and the ritual of dance. And day six is rebirth. Our final morning together marks a rebirth with a ritual, a gentle return to the world, but with an ability to look at it with fresh eyes and an open heart. And although that's the alchemical process for our retreat, that's also the alchemical process to take yourself through 
as you're expanding your capacity to receive. So yeah, I invite you to think of this retreat as an opportunity to give back to yourself, expand your receiving capacity, fill your own cup and leave feeling nourished back to sovereign wholeness. It's these kinds of experiences that pave the way for more receiving because it acts like a nervous system reset. There's a reason why going on retreat is a key core part of the spiritual journey and spiritual practice. And I think it's something that gets really, really forgotten about in our modern capitalist society. Always I even notice it in myself sometimes like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in that new training or I'm gonna invest in that new mentorship because I will get an ROI I will get a return on investment for that right um but the return on investment of retreating is even bigger because when we retreat we pave the way for regeneration and when we regenerate our capacity to expand, grow, heal, receive, soar, becomes infinite. I know it probably sounds like I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to really encourage you to definitely consider coming on this retreat. And I am, I'm just gonna be really transparent about it because I know it's gonna be a, an absolutely transformative experience. And here's the thing as a facilitator about holding space for a retreat is it would be a lot more profitable for me to do another group program like the coven let's say you know the overheads are very little it's not a lot of um, prep time whereas a retreat takes a lot more time investment and money investment but there's something about a retreat that is just so potent and just so priceless and particularly after the pandemic i want to be hugging you guys in real life so yes, we have to get transport to the shanty space. We have to carefully take time out, but that's the whole part. And that's also part of the alchemical process too. Spots are filling. And I'm so excited for the women who've already said yes, but we do have a few more spots left. So if you're feeling the nudge to come and dive deep with me in person, then I invite you to trust that inner knowing and get yourself booked on this retreat. I'm a seasoned guide. I'm a seasoned yoga teacher, I'm a seasoned somatic practitioner, and you will be in really, really good hands. We're going to have a lot of fun, but it'll likely be deep too. And opportunities to work with me this intimately don't really come around that often. So if you'd like to book your spot or you'd like to learn more information about the retreat, you can click the link in the show notes, book your spot now. And if you have any questions, then feel free to send me a message on Instagram at Dr. Sarah Coxon, or you can send me an email, sarah at drsarahcoxon.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rise Priestess podcast. And I'd love to invite you to consider perhaps sharing this episode on your social media stories to spread the word. There is way more goodness where this came from. If you'd like to go deeper with my work and receive free exclusive monthly inspiration, contemplations and practices that I don't share anywhere else, then you can sign up for the Regenerate newsletter by heading over to drsarahcoxon.com and following the link. See you over there and thanks for tuning in.